We've been doing this series since uh, New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve, we shared a message with you on how to predict your future. We talked about how the weatherman prophesy the weather. How many of you know weathermen that missed it? <laughs> right? They miss it. Prophets miss it too, for that matter. And they ought to be thankful we don't treat them the way they did in the Old Testament when they missed it. Y'all know what that was? They drug them out in the streets and stoned them to death. Take very seriously what's spoken. Make sure it lines up with the word. Amen. You don't go moving the goalpost just because you missed it. All right? Just putting that out to you. A lot of people have been caught up in a lot of stuff. And I tell you what, 99% of it don't line up with the word sometimes. Just saying. Which brings me to what we're going to preach on today. <laughs> I want to talk to you about being honorable. Honorable. Unless this is a toe curler. And I'm going to say some things might be a little bit harsh, but I think you need to hear them. Amen. Somebody shout amen. amen. Say thank you, Pastor. <laughs> thank you. I'm going to have you in my office and make you a steak today. All right? You're my favorite. Amen. Amen. Um, but, you know, we've been sharing about this, and we've shared different things about being faithful and a lot of different other things. But I kept coming back to this word honorable in fact, during noonday prayer this week, Chuck and I were talking. Was it this week, Chuck, that we brought up about that scripture in Ephesians? Uh, I think it was. Uh, you know, God's coming, the Lord's coming for a church without spot nor wrinkle. And um, I, it just kind of burned within me, and I had a hard time. It, it, I think it was after 9.30 went last night when I finally knew what I wanted to do. And uh, what was on my heart, and trying to put it into words, but... Let me hit our scriptures, and then I'm just going to go through this. And I may stick to my notes today, because we have some time that I, I want to take at the end for this first, first fruits offering. But we shared with you these verses here, and this, is, this has been our theme uh, when we started. And the Bible says here in, in the Amplified Bible, Luke chapter 16 and verse 10, it says, He who is faithful in a very little thing is faithful also in much. He who is dishonest and unjust in a very little thing is dishonest and unjust also in much. Amen. And then the voice translation there, he, uh, the Lord uh, uh, writes through uh, uh, Luke here. Uh, he says, if you're faithful in a, little, in, a, in a small scale matter, he's quoting Jesus here, but Luke's writing here, he says, if you're faithful in a small scale matter, in small scale matters, you'll be faithful with far bigger responsibilities. You know, how many of you have been promoted because you were faithful? How many of you got an increase in salary because you were loyal, though? See, faithful means you show up on time, you clock in, you clock out, you're early, whatever. Loyalty means you don't talk about your boss behind your back and you honor them. Right? Uh-huh. Loyalty means you don't talk about them behind their back. Faithful means you show up on time. Loyalty means, loyalty means you don't talk about them behind their back. You don't roll your eyes at them behind their back. A lot of times people in work, even in marriage, they get to a place to where they have contempt in their heart. And they say names. Or they speak things that are out of touch. And they've allowed their animosity to build to such a point that there's contempt. And that's not honorable. Well, that's, that's pride. 
That's your pride, your flesh. Amen. And you know, this new year, I'm telling you, there's things coming down the pipe in the Middle East that are going to rock this world. And the church will be on the precipice of the greatest move of God we've ever seen. We're already seeing it. More people are getting born again and filled with the Holy Spirit in Europe right now than ever before in the history of the world since the day of Pentecost. There are some tremendous, crazy, cray-cray things happening with the Holy Ghost right now in Europe. And I'm telling you, the American church has been more consumed with things than being honorable to the Lord. And we need to be honorable. We need to be a people of prayer. We need to be a people that are word people and not commentators. Or we miss the reality that we really need to be grabbing a hold of. Not a failed grasp, but a holy grasp on the honorable things of God. But see, if you're faithful in small-scale matters, you'll be faithful with far bigger responsibilities. If you're crooked in small responsibilities, you'll be no different than bigger things. And then our other scripture that's been a theme, seek the Lord in His strength. Yearn for and seek His face to be in His presence continually. This ought to be your goal for this year, first and foremost, to seek the Lord in His strength, to yearn for and seek His face, and to be in His presence continually. That's something you need to do more than ever before. Which brings me to the question that I want to ask you today. Are you honorable and willing to honor? Are you honorable and willing to honor? And I, I, I looked this up from several different translations. We all know this verse, but I really love the way the voice read. When prayer, this is the one I pulled up on my phone and found real quick because I didn't have my Bible in the seat with me. Um, but in the voice translation, and he's, you know, he's talking about marriage. Paul talks about marriage there for a few moments. And husbands loves your, love your wives even as Christ, what? Love the church and gave himself for it, right? Uh, and it goes on here in verse 27. He has given himself so that he can present the church as a radiant bride, unstained, unwrinkled, and unblemished completely free from all impurity, holy and innocent before Him. And I don't know about you, when I read that, it kind of, it kind of shakes me. Because how important it is that we live a life that's holy before the Lord. Come on, somebody shout amen. amen. A life that's holy. Amen. I know we joke about it, you know, I love Jesus, but I cuss a little bit. But you know, even that we ought to draw back on and say, well, wait a minute. What is character? Do I have character or am I a character? Right? I forget what coach it was that said it was a basketball coach, I believe. You're either building character or you'll have a character. Right? And you and I, you and me both, in our lives, we should be building the character of God on the inside of us. And if we are then honor will be what will flow out. Like Jay was saying uh, Sunday morning, God called you to be a priest unto God, not to yourself. You're to be a priest unto God. That means you, a priest would stay in His presence. 
A priest would get before the Lord. A priest would get into the Word. I know we all work jobs, but there should be a commitment level at one point, first thing, that Jesus is number one. Your spouse should be second. Your kids should be third. Your job should be following after that. Because if you honor the first institution in Genesis, you'll take care of the work that came after God established all those things. Come on, that's good preaching. We have all of our priorities and different things. Well, I need to be me. I'm going to do my thing. You better be doing his thing. Because if it violates the institution that God set up in Genesis, you're going to be out of touch and walking outside of the protection of the Holy One. Amen. Amen. He's coming for a radiant bride, unstained, unwrinkled, unblemished, completely free from all impurity. You didn't know you were coming for a holiness message today, did you? <laughs> Amen. Uh, but you know, un unblemished, completely free from all impurity, holy and innocent before him. Let me say this, and Dr. Jerry Savelle said this. He said, God is attracted to faithful people. He is. He's attracted to faithful people, but he's also attracted to honorable people. Everybody say, I am honorable. All right, curl your toes, we're going deeper. Joshua 1.8 says this, from the voice translation, let the words from the book of the law be always on your lips. Meditate upon them day and night. I don't care what you do for your daily job, you can meditate on a scripture and mutter that scripture all day long. You can let the word be real to you as you do your job, I, you know, as I, I play my guitar, the word's real to me. It'll flow out in song. As I'm singing in the spirit, you know, things just come out. What you give preeminence to in your life will be what will be first. Amen. Amen. Let the words from the book of the law be always on your lips. Meditate on them day and night so that you may be careful to live by all that is written in it. If you do, as you make your way through this world, you will what? Prosper and always find success. You know, there's no trick to success. There's things you can do to build success in your life. But let's get right down to it. Having a relationship with God brings success to your life. Having an intimate relationship with God takes you to a whole nother level. Amen. So, the degree of honor then... The degree of honor that I give God's instruction and his instructions, I should say, is revealed first in the amount of think time we give to his instructions. I'll say that again. The degree of honor we give God's instructions is revealed first in the amount of think time we give to his instructions. It's kind of a mouthful, isn't it? Did y'all understand that? Secondly... As we, did he say it again, Chris? Y'all laughing. You want to say it again? You ready one to get indoors? All right. The degree of honor we give God's instructions is revealed first in the amount of think time we give to his instructions. Or in other words, what you dwell on flows out of that bucket mouth of yours. Amen. What you dwell on, 
will flow out of that mouth. All your comments, all your things you think you just have to say because they need a good piece of your mind. Right? All those things. Even if you try to say it calmly, if you're speaking your flesh, it ain't going to go over big. Right? The degree of honor we give God's instructions is revealed first in the amount of think time we give to His instructions. Secondly, honoring His instructions is revealed through the degree of our obedience to Him. Let me say that one more time. Because that's a toe curler for me. See, how many of you know you need to obey the Word? All right. The degree of honor we give God's instructions is revealed first in the amount of think time we give to His instructions. And secondly, honoring His instructions is revealed through the degree of our obedience. The degree of our obedience. How many of you, many of you I'm just throwing this out there, not for condemnation or anything like that, because you probably have done this, I've done it. How many of you, the Lord spoke to you to do something and you hesitated and you forgot to do it and you realized you made a mistake? Right? And you know you were supposed to. That happened to me yesterday as I was sitting there and Philip was texting me and I'm just going to tell you, the Lord spoke to my heart, I need to do something for him. And I hesitated for a minute and another present was opened up here for Thomas and Hallie and I, I backed up and I said, okay. So I got on PayPal and I just sent him some money. And uh, you know, it was late last night. He texted me. He says, you know, I didn't talk to you to get you to give me something. And I wrote him back. I said, I know you didn't, but you're my best friend. And I believe in you. And I want you to know that God, and that's where I use this quote, God intends to do good to you. And he will promote you no matter what it looks like. So I gave him what was a good little bonus. Do you understand? Because he needed, to be, he needed that encouragement. How many of you had the opportunity to do something? The Lord, you know, you, he spoke to and you know he did. Can I tell you, for instance, and I've shared this before, Pastor Hagen shared it at the meeting up in uh, uh, Ridgely. And uh, he was talking about back in the days when Dad Hagen would, they were pulling a mobile home and uh, pulling a trailer, camper trailer. And... Uh, he would park it somewhere at a church outside the parsonage or something. And they, he would use the car and get in the car and go all around. In this particular instance, it was in uh, Northern California. He would get in the car and go preach at all these Assembly of God churches up and down the state. And then come back after a week of revival service and be back at the mobile home uh, at that church. And um, they did this for a while. And it got to the point where they had no groceries. In fact, all they had was a 10-pound sack of potatoes, and Aretha, every night, would bake a potato. They had just a little bit of salt, a little bit of butter. That's got where they were at. And for a week, you know, it was this way. And, and, and I'm probably paraphrasing the story a little bit. But, um, you know, Pastor Hagen would tell his daddy, he'd say, Dad, I'm hungry. He, and Brother Hagen just look at him, Well, you pray, I'm praying, and I'm telling you the Lord will provide we're here for a reason. He will provide. You know, a week went by. They had a potato for lunch and a potato for dinner. It got to where they were cutting them in half even. And as a, after a week went by, 
a pickup truck pulls up one afternoon. And in the back of that pickup truck, how many remember old brown paper bags? I miss brown paper bags. I think what they've done is worse than brown paper bags. Anyway, the truck, this pickup truck, it was a long bed, Ford truck, long bed. There was as many brown paper bags as you could see, two deep, all in the back of that truck. And this big old farmer, California farmer, got out in his big old cowboy boots and he said, Brother Hagen, God spoke to me two weeks ago and I just resisted and resisted and resisted. I hope I didn't miss it, but I'm bringing you all these groceries because you need to have them because i got to get my heart right. He had no idea how they were eating or living, but finally he decided to obey the Lord. Amen. That's being honorable to God. Amen. Well, if God speaks to you, you've got to obey Him. What about this? Let's, let's, let's talk about honor. What is honor? Did I put this on here? Nope, I did not. Well, write this down. Honor. Honor means high respect. Honor means high respect. Honor means great esteem. Honor means a person who brings credit. In other words, they, they're a credit to honor that one, so to speak. Um, honor means an adherence to what is right. It means an, inher- an, an adherence to what is right. Honor means regarded with great respect. Regarded with great respect. I'll read all of those again. I don't want to lose any of you today. Honor means high respect, great esteem, a person who brings credit and adherence to what is right, regarded with great respect. Now I'm going to give you the definition for honorable, okay? And we're, you know, that's our kind of our theme this morning. Are you honorable and willing to honor? So what does honorable mean? Well, honorable means bringing honor or worthy of honor. Bringing honor or worthy of honor. It means showing eminence or distinction. Being honorable means you're decent. Decent. Wholesome. Wholesome. Honor also means a person of great and worthy character. Honorable means a person of great and worthy character. Do I need to read all those again? All right, one more time, real fast. Honor means high respect, great esteem, a person who brings credit and adherence to what is right, regarded with great respect. Honorable means bringing honor or worthy of honor, showing eminence or distinction, Decent, wholesome, a person of great, worthy character. I don't know about you, I've met some people that are very honorable. They are distinctive. They're very decent and kind. I went to pray for Jane Parati's former husband. And I don't, I'm going to share some personal things as we go through this, but... Uh, 
I remember walking. Jane begged me to go see him. I said, I will go see him. He had a car accident going to see her. Broke his neck. I don't know if any of you knew all that. And she was heartbroken by that. I said, Jane, I will go see him. I promise you. I go, where's he at? And she said, said where he was. And so I went over to where he was at Baptist at this rehab facility. And uh, I walked in. And he's on the phone. He's actually booking a plane ticket in the midst of having a broken neck. <laughs> he's booking a plane ticket to go do an, this, this meeting. And I listened to it all. The nurses were in there. I think he thought I was another doctor. Because he looked at me and kind of waved and held his finger up. And, uh, uh, you know, one minute finger, not the other finger, if you're listening online. Um, and he, uh, <laughs> he, <laughs> he, he finally got off the phone. He says, yes, sir. Uh, do I need to do something for you? Do you need to examine me? I said, no, I'm here to visit you. I'm Jane Parati's pastor. Oh, and his eyes lit up great big. He goes, she's told me all about you. Wow, you came to see me. I said, yes, sir. I go, evidently, we have something very valuable in common. And he looked at me and he kind of leaned back. He goes, now what would that be? Because I knew their history. And he, he was real inquisitive, but I said, well, Jane's always told me when I walk into the room, no matter how she feels, she knows peace has walked into her room. She goes, Pastor, every time you come in and I'm anxious, there's this calming effect about you. When you lay your hand on mine, there's this calming effect, and it affects me. I've only known, I've only known one other man that was that way in my life, and that was Chuck. And she was, she was insistent about this. So I went, and, and I, when I told him that, he kind of teared up just a little bit. He goes, well, I know I'm in good company. And, you know, I used all that to kind of put a hook in. Do you know what I'm saying? And kind of bait him a little bit. Because I wanted to tell him about the Lord, and that's what I did. And at the end of the conversation, I asked him, I go, I don't know... How, how were you hurt or what's going on but can I lay my hands on you and pray for you absolutely preacher lay your hands on me can I touch you and I pointed to where the where it was he says please and I prayed for him and I know you know how you know somebody's just receiving that prayer and I gotta tell you when I met him before I left that room he's a very honorable decent man how many of you have been around people like that? There's this degree of distinction about them. There's this uh, degree of respect that, that does something to you. Well, I got to thinking about meeting with him and these two definitions, and I came up with five areas today that I think we should always be honorable in that defines your character. And there's five of these, and I'm going to run through them kind of quick. But five areas that we should always be honorable in and that should really define your character. Remember, you need to be, uh, go have godly character, not be a character, right? Okay. So let me lay these out to you. You might want to curl your toes on a couple of them. I'm not going to hold back. But the first one is this, and we've talked about this through this series. The first one is faithfulness. Everybody say faithfulness. Faithfulness is so important in life. Faithfulness is so important in life. I know sometimes we get in situations and we don't like it, but if you're faithful, God will promote you and use you in that moment. He'll move you to the next place. 
He'll give you that next raise. Especially if you're loyal. You mix loyalty into faithfulness and it'll do something for your life that'll bring great promotion. Up, you'll go up steps you never thought you'd go to. And in some cases, if you're faithful and loyal, the Bible tells us here in Proverbs 28, 20, a faithful man or woman shall abound with what? Blessings. Shout that word out. Blessings. Amen. There's been times in my life I was cleaning the toilet. That was my job in Bible school. I cleaned the toilet I, I, and I got promoted up to cleaning the church sanctuary. But then suddenly I was promoted to taking care of the guest speakers. While the other ones that were there, they had to sit back and keep cleaning the church and cleaning the toilet. What did I do that was different? I don't know. We had exaltation and prayer at 5 a.m. in the morning. I was always there. I know that. I know a couple of them were not. We always, after exaltation and prayer, Sister Bobby Jo Hamilton, she'd pull all of her favorites aside, if you would, and she'd say, let's have a Bible study here before classes start at 8. So we'd sit and we'd pray together in, in the Holy Ghost and we'd read the Word together. And she'd kind of talk to us. And it was real special, very special. It was from that job that I got promoted to answering Norval's mail, personal mail. All those things happen. You can be on one step and you can be faithful and all of a sudden, I can't do it this morning right now, but if I was on the floor and I wanted to get all the way up to this fourth one, I think I could do it. Pastor Matthew could do it. But sometimes God will move just like that. And it's because you had a good spirit, good attitude. You were faithful. Not only were you faithful, but you were loyal. Some of you have had that happen in your business. Right? Chris has had opportunities, if I can speak a little bit, where she has taken care of some small business. But that small business name dropped. And that small business name dropped to a corporation that, 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 that serves the world. Faithfulness and loyalty will pave your way to the greatest things ever in your life. I think Brother Copeland made the statement in that Ministry of Excellence uh, tape series that I've told you about lately. That if God called you to take the trash out, he would make it an adventure you would never forget. I can stand here today and tell you that's a fact. And faithfulness and loyalty and commitment is always and will always pay off. Because God intends for you to be blessed. Somebody shout amen. amen. And I'm telling you right now, Melissa and I are living proof of that. So faithfulness. The second one, you ready? Handling of money. You know, as a church, we have an executive board that I confide in. Many of them live in Nashville. And they're watchful. One of them's Philip Trent. Um, and then we have a board of advisors here at the church. And, and because they're hands-on here at the church, they, we talk about things that affect you and that matter. But I believe in having covering. Can you say amen? A lot of churches today, especially in charismatic word of faith church circles, they don't have a covering. But that's not what this point is. I just say that to encourage you, okay? The point of this is, how do you handle money in light of what God wrote in, the word, in His Word? What has He said about your money? Are you frivolous with it? Are you faithful with it? How do you handle it? 
because those things will affect the, the prosperity and the blessing of your life. And I'll be honest with you, they also affect the promotion of your life. Amen. It will affect the promotion of your life and how you handle money. Are you honorable in being faithful and are you honorable in how you handle money? Amen. We have to watch things tightly here. We have always have and we've been good about that. And when the Lord brings blessings in, we're able to do a few more things. But we always have to be, we, also, we always need to have a godly handle on what we have. Can you say amen? amen? And not being frivolous and doing things that God didn't speak to you about. Thank you. Because a lot of times we do things that God didn't speak to us about. We'll go into some place and they offer so much financing for X number of years, 45 years, and we want to buy a car. Is that God? No. It's God to buy something used, I think, personally, but you can do what you want. If you can do it to buy something new, do it. But if you can't, then be careful about what you do. Because what you do affects your lives. There's nothing wrong with having a new car. I love having a new car. Love that smell. They need to make a hang-up thing that you can hang up in your car. It's that new car smell. Whew. Hallelujah. I love that. Jay, was it Jay told the story about the guy that showed up and wanted to take Keith Moore to go out. And, oh, Matthew did. I said, they want to come out and just want to take you and buy a new car. Well, they were excited about him and Phyllis were. They went to go buy a new car. This guy paid for it. I think Lynn Mink, Lynn and Kathy, every year, this gentleman, and I don't know who he is to this day, Lynn had talked to me about it, I, I, to this day, uh, every year, and I know they've both gone home to be with the Lord, but he would buy them a brand new Escalade for the road. Every year, paid cash. Nothing wrong with having a new car is my point. But you need to serve God for who he is, not for what he does. Your existence is not to have something new. Your existence is to serve him. Having a good house, a big house, a happy house, having a nice car, having all those things, those are great and he'll bless you. But if you don't honor him first and how you handle your money, it'll cost you more than you'll gain. A lot of people live and they never have savings, they never have anything extra to show for. And we've lived that way, but praise God for his goodness too. Amen. Bottom line, just... Be faithful to the word on how you handle his money because he's the one that gave it to you. Amen. All right, you ready for this one? I made this one great big. What I'm going to do next is great big on the screen. I mean great big. It's like a pop-up book you had as a kid. I had a, a Apollo, uh, the Apollo uh, mission to the moon, the one where Neil Armstrong stepped on the moon. It was a pop-up book. When you got to the page of the Saturn V rocket, it rose up out of that book bigger than Texas. And you could pull the tab and the rocket would just fire up. Let me share some things here. The biggest problem in the world today with sin is this. Now, it's always been around. Even child trafficking has been around for forever. Prostitution has been around forever. But I'm talking about in, in the church, in godly people's lives, sexual immorality is a big deal. How big of a deal? Well, 
in the, in the, in the dedicated Christian's uh, life. 69% of men have, have viewed, watch, or continue to watch porn. You ready for this stat? Over 45% are women. 45%. That's huge. It used to not be that way. There used to be a taboo about certain things. Am I right? All of us that are older, older, I love you, but you, you could say amen to this. There are certain things you just didn't get your hands on back during the 50s and the 40s, right? It didn't happen. In fact, you, you could go to detention for chewing gum. For having an ink pen instead of a pencil. Anybody have that problem? I remember in high school, we weren't allowed to have pens. We had to write with a number two leaded pencil. There were certain aspects of things, but we have gotten, especially because of television and everything else, our conscience has been seared about what's immoral and what's not. We're taught to make allowances for things that aren't scriptural. We're taught to make allowances for sin. And many in the body of Christ will justify things just so they can continue to do it. And we've got to be careful. Or we, uh, we find ourselves on the outside of the toy store looking in instead of in the inside playing with the model trains and everything else that makes us happy. See, God wants to take you to a higher level, but my goodness, in the, in the church, 69, over 69 actually, percent of men have seen, have, have seen, have looked at, or continue to look at porn. Over 45% of them are women. How about this one? 20 to 25% of men cheat. And with women, the stat is 10 to 15% cheat. The first institution God made was the home. And it was a faithful home. It was a loyal home. And it was an honorable home. Now, I know people have get, gotten divorced. They've been in bad situations. We're not talking about that today. Can you say amen? amen. I understand that. And I'm okay with that myself. Uh, I'm excited about uh, many of you have remarried and are happy as you've ever, have ever been in the whole time of you've, that you've ever lived. Some of you have been divorced. Say amen. amen. I mean, you're happier than you've ever been in your life. And it's because things needed to change. I understand that. I know uh, lately one of my favorite uh, couple on Instagram that I follow quite often, I like some of the things that they write. They're, they're believers. There's another one, uh, Marriage 365 is one of my favorite apps. It's really good. But I just want to quote a couple things from Trey and Leah, uh, treyandleah.com, and then from the Ulti Ultimate Intimacy app, I think would be really good for all of us. No matter how old you are, you should understand these things that I'm saying and this has to do with this point here, so listen carefully. Amen. I'm doing really good. Here we go. Uh, never take for granted how good your spouse is to you. Never take for granted how good your spouse is to you. Your spouse does not deserve your leftovers. Your spouse does not deserve to be on the bottom of your list. Your spouse does not deserve to be given less time than your electronic devices. You're either roommates 
or soulmates. But that choice is yours alone. That's some good marriage talk, isn't it? Let me read them again real quick. Never take for granted having a, how, how good your spouse is to you. Your spouse does not deserve your leftovers. Your spouse does not deserve to be on the bottom of your list. Your spouse does not deserve to be given less time than your electronic devices. You're either, you're either roommates or soulmates. That's your choice alone. If you want to know, I read this the other day and I thought it was interesting. If you want to know how much affection you're giving your spouse or how much time you give your spouse, just look at, uh, on your phone or your iPad or whatever and see how much screen time you've had for that week. Sometimes that can really shake you. And don't tell me about multitasking, because sometimes I think we have more of a relationship with our phone and our iPad than we do with our mate. And we need to be careful about that in this society. Lin, uh, Lynette Hagen at the Ridgely meeting for prayer that morning, uh, I had my big Bible when I gave you, Eric, you know. I gave you one of those, and... Uh, I had it with me because I, I, I can see, I don't like wearing my glasses in public, you understand? And I had my Bible up there, and it's great big print. Praise the Lord for big print. Come on. And uh, I had it opened up, Lynette walked up there. I love it. You got your Bibles with you today. And there's nothing wrong with having your Bible on your phone. But all that does really is promote a habit that I think we get away from real books. We've gotten away from the smell of that leather Bible that used to sit on your coffee table when you were growing up as a kid, had the family history in it, and it was the what kind of Bible? The Holy Bible. Because you had honor for the God himself. That's the good book. Thank God we can look at it and let it apply to our lives. But see, we've gotten away from that. We've gotten away from being sensitive to the things of God, sensitive to the to things that we really need to be sensitive to. We've watched a couple of series shows here lately, uh, series, I'm talking about uh, you know, several seasons, and then some, every once in a while they just interject something. I'm like, why? 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 Why did you say that? Why did you all have to kiss? We get it. You, you are... You know, we get that. Why? But see, the world's become a desensitized to, to what sexual immorality really is. And we need to sweep the porch of this stuff out of the church. We need to do it for our marriage's sake. We need to do it for our kids' sake. Because how you handle your marriage will be how your kids will handle theirs. And the old saying that Joe McGee used to say, what you tolerate in moderation, they will tolerate in excess. And I'll say this too, what you tolerate in moderation in your own life, if there's contempt towards each other, if there's name calling, if there's anything like that, it will destroy your home and it will whittle and drift all the way down through the family. It affects people. Say amen or oh me. All right, go to the next one here, quickly. Bad mouth and others that do the same thing you do. Then this is different. I had a bunch of these I could give, but I tried to pick the big ones. Bad mouthing, people doing the same thing you do. 
If we use our tongues to tarnish the image of another through any sort of gossip or slander or criticism, then we really ought to humble ourselves and admit that we're wrong. We really ought to humble ourselves and admit that we're wrong. If we use our tongue to tarnish somebody, to throw somebody under the bus, through any sort of gossip or slander or criticism, then we should humble ourselves and admit that we're wrong. I mean, Keith Moore said, never ruin a good apology with an explanation. Right? Never ruin a good apology with an explanation. Say you're sorry. Don't say it because you're going to do your thing no matter what. You better say you're sorry because it'll linger and affect your life. Amen. The Bible says in the Living Bible, it says love does no wrong to anyone. That's why, we, that's why it fully satisfies all of God's requirements. It's the only law you need. Love does no wrong. You know, choosing to honor someone you're not required to respect shows both character, kindness, and especially wisdom on your part. Choosing to honor somebody that you're not required to respect shows both kindness and wisdom and, and, and shows character, the character of God in your life. Jay Atkins and I, we sat outside the door of the restaurant. Uh, several of us, of us had gotten in the car, and Jay and me were fighting each other who could open the door for the next person coming into the restaurant. And we didn't have to. There's a couple of them that were real snooty, and they didn't say thank you at all. They were, <laughs> one of them did. And I just thought it was funny at first. But to me, that was showing honor and respect. Amen? All right. And the last one is this. Exaggerated accomplishments. Everybody likes to tell their own jacktail. Everybody likes to spin their web, talk about themselves. And I understand that. But Proverbs 12, 22 says, Lying lips are extremely disgusting and hateful to the Lord, but they who deal faithfully are his, what? Delight. What is, what is another word for exaggeration if I ask for a synonym? Lying. <laughs> exaggeration is another term for lying. And we all like to tell a big tale, but we need to be careful because exaggerating things is really not honorable at all. In fact, it's another thing that can limit how far you go, because once they figure out that you exaggerate everything, they're not going to want to spend their days with you. Amen? That's the truth. So remember that today. Showing a lack of honor will limit the blessings in your life. And I, and I wanted to close with this verse. Isaiah 119, I've quoted this many times. This is from the old Greenback Living Bible. It says, if you will only let me help you, God talking to you, if you'll only let me help you, if you will only obey, then I will make you rich. Rich in the blessings of the Lord, rich in the, in the goodness of God, rich in the presence of God. So many things we could add to this and talk about, but this is where we need to stop, okay? I got four more things I wanted to share about Jesus and about the Good Samaritan and Joseph and his brothers. 
And the, poor, and the poor widow, she had nothing, but still she gave something. All of them showed a powerful act of generosity. And I won't read all the notes, but Jesus, Jesus, his powerful unselfish act that we can all respond to, his honorable act was he died for you. And he sacrificed his freedom so that you could have freedom. Secondly, the good Samaritan, despite anything in the culture at that time, he did the right thing and acted unselfishly. Number three, Joseph and his brothers. Good old Joe was tossed away to die and given to slavery. And God raised him up. He could have easily taken it out on his brothers when they showed up needing food. But instead, what did he do? He chose to honor and he chose to love. And the last one, the widow's mite, the poor widow, she had nothing, but still she gave something. What a powerful act of generosity and honor to the things of God. Amen? All this year, I challenge you, find a way to outdo each other in showing honor. Honor will lift you up. Honor will promote you. And honor will increase the substance of your life. Can you say amen today? Amen. amen. All right. Bow your heads with me. The ushers are going to uh, get the offering buckets here. If you have a first fruits offering today, as we do every year at the end of, the, of January. We didn't do it last weekend because of Jay and Amy being here in the ladies' conference. But we believe in this. I believe it's important you sow a seed about, about how this year will be for you. And I want to give you an example in a minute. But before we do all of this, I want you to bow your heads with me. Close your eyes. If you're watching online, please do it as well. You know, if you're here today and you know there are other areas in your life, may not be any of the things I listed, there are so many other things we could talk about that require honorable, require an honorable spirit from all of us. There are so many things, but I, these are the top ones to me, how important they are. If you need to make adjustments in your life, make them now. 1 John 1, 9 basically says, and I'm giving you the country boy version here, if you mess up, fess up. You made a mistake, get it right. He's faithful and just to forgive you of all unrighteousness. So if you've messed up, fix it. Fix it right now. What a great day. It's raining. You say, Pastor, that's a great day. Yeah, it reminds me of how the Lord just washes away all the uncleanliness from our life. Maybe we said things we shouldn't. Maybe we've done things we shouldn't. Maybe we've been somewhere we shouldn't. Maybe we've done clickety-clickety-click on the Internet in ways that we shouldn't. And you need to make it right. Then make it right. Because God's called each one of you as a lady, as a man, as a young person, to live an honorable, godly life. The world's going to be shook, but for the church, there's nothing but good days ahead. Let's live the life that God's called us to. So when he comes, there's no spot or blemish or wrinkle, but just his goodness flowing from us. We're free from being stained. We're free from being wrinkled and unblemished. We're free from impurity because we're holy and innocent before Him. Today, make that change. I know a lot of us here are born again today. Most all of us, I would assume. But if there's things in your life, you need to sweep your porch and sweep the porch. Get the dirt off of it. You can't run with the big dogs if you keep lying with the dirty ones. Now, God's called you to run this race, to run it in victory, to run it with boldness, 
to run it and run towards that prize and not let things hold you back. Shake aside every weight. Shake it aside because there's a grandstand in heaven right now that's cheering you on to run, to do it. So I ask the Lord, forgive me. If you've messed up, forgive me right now. Amen. Amen. If you're not born again, if you're watching online and you're not born again, or, or possibly you're here today, being saved is the greatest thing ever. I don't know about you, but I want to know when Jesus comes back, I'm with him. Amen. And to do that, you've got to be born again, according to the scriptures. You don't get there by being baptized. You don't get there by being sprinkled. You get there by being saved. Amen. So if you're here today, if you're watching online, say this prayer with me right now. And all of us together, let's say it together. Say it with me. Say, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you, forgive me of all my sins. I believe that you so loved me that you sent Jesus to die for me, to be raised from the dead so that I could ask him into my heart. His blood was shed so that I could be free from all my sins. Jesus, come into my heart. Make me brand new. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. From this day forward, I am born again. I am saved. I will live all of my days for you. And I will honor you in everything that I can. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, if you said that prayer here today or online, we'd love to send you a book.